We are back with Ron Judkins standing by, two-time Academy Award winner for his sound work on Jurassic Park and Saving Private Ryan. He also just had his film premiere at the Newport Beach Film Festival, Finding Neighbors. Hi, Ron. Thanks for joining us. Hi. I'm uh, happy to be here. I'm so glad we could make this happen. I I, uh, wanted to meet you at the film festival, and I couldn't get down there in time, uh, but this is great. Well, it was a little bit hectic at the festival, so it's... um I know. It was a little bit crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, this will be a calmer, like, pretend you're on the red carpet interview. <laughs> oh, my God. That's totally what I don't aspire to, but I'll... Uh, okay, I'll, uh, I'm joking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tell me about your background. Before we get into your uh, film, Finding Neighbors, you do a lot of sound work. How did you get involved in doing that? Well, I went to film school uh, at Southern Methodist University uh, you know, a good while ago, and when I graduated, there was a PBS station in Dallas that uh, was hiring. They were starting a uh, nightly news program, and my best friend got hired as the camera person, and then okay. I went and applied for the job as a sound person. I got the job, and it kind of started me on my day job career. Nice. Um, then I moved out to California a few years after that. really didn't know anybody at all, just started calling people, and I make myself make 12 calls a day, and I hated making the calls, so I'd try to get oh, yeah. them all done before <laughs> noon, so I had time in the afternoon where I could do something that I would enjoy. Like hit the beach? Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or anything, okay. you know. But it's, you know, it took me about three, four years before I got to the point where I felt like I could actually consistently pay the rent. Yeah. Um, and that's something I like to tell people. Who, you know, there's a myth, I think, in this industry about overnight success. And but a lot of those people, when you find out, you know, that they you know, were discovered at Sundance or something, they've been, like, working at it for years. Yes. I know it's you know it's uh, gets very discouraging to want to just throw in the towel and uh, I do voiceover work and other things and huh? I get people telling me just keep going you know people drop out and just keep going if you're passionate about something it, things will come come together for you. Yeah, I think that's so true because every person you look at that you consider successful, mm-hmm. you have to remember that they all started at the same place of not having a career, not knowing anything. We right. all start there. That's right. That's right. Now, congrats on your film that premiered uh, at the festival, Finding Neighbors. How did that all come about? How did you get involved in that film? You wrote well, it. Made, yeah, I wrote it, and, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I directed it. Mm-hmm. I had made a film that went to Sundance in 1999, and I thought that was going to catapult me into studio finance projects. Mm-hmm. And got an agent, did all the stuff that you're supposed to do, took meetings, tried to package these things, you know, and 10 years went by, 11 years went by. And I had been kind of a late bloomer myself. My first film I hadn't made until I was in my 40s. So really? I finally got to a point where it's just like, okay, well, how can we greenlight our own movie? How can we make this happen? And you look around and you say, well, we have these houses, we have this neighborhood, and we have a lot of talented people around us. So I decided to write something that we could do right here in the neighborhood and about a, a guy who was kind of in the same place that I was. Uh, the protagonist in the movie is uh, like mid mid-50s, mm-hmm. was very successful earlier, earlier in his life as a graphic novelist, hasn't done much in 10 years, and is, is uh, he's really in a slump. His wife has to go back to work, and she thinks he's starting to have an affair with this girl next door, but he's doing something completely different. He's developing a deep 
platonic friendship with one of the gay men uh, who lives on the other side. Yes. And it's this friendship that kind of breaks each of them out of their lethargy, the older straight man and the younger gay fellow. It's a great story. Did you actually have this happen to you? Like, did you meet some of these characters? The beginnings of it happened. You know, the setup actually is exactly how it is in my neighborhood. Uh-huh. I live in Atwater Village in Los Angeles. That's perfect. A oh. gay couple in their 50s, and on the other side we have this very flirtatious woman who's married. Uh-huh. But, uh, I, Uh-oh, I think we lost it, you. Oh, you there? Yes. Okay, I lost you for a second. Are you there? Yes, so can you hear me? I can. Okay, good. Okay, go ahead. You're telling me about the characters. Setup, it was, with the gay couple on one side and the, and the uh, flirtatious wipe on the other side and like where could that go where could that lead and mm-hmm. it ended up being a great way to start the movie i don't think there's anything better than you know whether you're doing improv or writing working on the real life characters in your life because we all have them absolutely <laughs> and a lot of people have uh said that we should turn this into a series because uh, it, it, the movie really opens it up for episodic you know there's always someone moving in there's always something happening in the neighborhood for sure yes yes was it hard, because I'm, I'm intrigued by the fact it took you a while to get this, this film going, was it hard to do the budget and you just kept it a lo- low budget? I mean, how did, you, how did you get this together? Once we decided, you know, that we were going to do it, um, my wife, Jennifer Young, is one of the producers, and our neighbor across the street, Judy Corrin, who's a film director herself mm-hmm. uh, and producer, once we decided to do it, it came together pretty quickly because we decided to do it uh, at a budget level where we could actually get the money. So it took us about six months to get the money. Um, And that's one of the beautiful things about the digital technology, this whole revolution in the movie business, that the the bar to entry, you know, it's very low. And and so you can make a movie for $200,000 or $100,000 or whatever. It's, 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 It's not like it was. I remember when I did my first film in 1999, we... We shot that on film, and the movie was twice as expensive as the one we just made. A lot of it is, yeah. you know, it's, it's the money, but it's also just how you go about it in terms of your attitude. And once you decide you're going to make the film, you just decide you're going to make the film. And attitudinally, I think, you know, the door is really open for you. And it's really, obviously, about the message. I mean, you look at the shorts that are at the Newport Beach Film Festival, and some are like eight minutes long, and they have such high impact. Right. So what has been the reviews, some of the reviews for this film? I know you've gotten some great reviews, but tell me what you've heard. People, you know, people love the film. It's, I, my experience at some of the festivals is that at some of the festivals, the, they do a really great job of bringing the filmmakers in. Sometimes they outreach to the population, you know, at large, getting people into the seats has not been so great. So we, mm-hmm. after our first couple of festivals, we really started doing our own marketing and our own PR, and it kind of turned the whole thing around. That's great. Um, and for for us, I mean, I wrote the film for people who are really having a hard time connect, reconnecting to their passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I find I, at first I thought you know it would be people in my age group, you know, the baby boomers, and uh, you know we were all going to change the world in the sixties. 70s and then like you know 30 years have gone by now what you know yes but I'm, <laughs> but I'm finding that people in their 20s and 30s relate to it as well because they sort of see that coming you know that thing that happens in middle age where you have to wake up and go okay where am I now what were what were my dreams and why am I not attached to them anymore mm-hmm. you know so at every festival I remember we, we won the audience award at the Richmond uh 
International Film Festival, and there's a question and answer period after every screening. And lights came up, and this woman stood up, and she said, Hi, my name is Jane, and I'm 58 years old. And when I was 25, I was painting. I was doing all this amazing stuff. I haven't done it for so long. And after this movie, I'm, I'm going after the garage. I'm going to find my paint set. Look man. at that. And so, like, well, tears came to my eyes when I heard that, because mm-hmm. that's the person I was making the movie for. Yes. You know? To find your passion again, because we lose ourselves. Life happens. Yes. But that's what I love about the message of, of your show. It's like, get the funk out, let's go. Because Sam, yes. in the movie, his, his theme is, you know, he starts the movie, there's this voiceover where he says, I think I've been asleep for most of my life. You yeah. know, but waking up is hard to do. And then, right. like, throughout the film, he's really trying to wake up, and he does by the end of it. Oh, I love it. And now, if people want to see it, is it being shown in Hollywood now? I mean, where, where is it? We're having a screening uh, on May 29th at the Independent Filmmaker Showcase in Beverly Hills, the mm-hmm. IFS. And that's at the Limley, the Beverly Hills Music Hall, Limley. Okay. Uh, at 8 o'clock on the 29th. And then, you know, we're talking to some distributors now, two of them actually pretty seriously. We're going to make a decision in the uh, next week or so which way we're going to go. Uh, maybe it'll there'll be a cable sale. We're not really sure about that, but for sure it'll be on all the online outlets like Netflix, uh, uh, iTunes, all of those, Hulu. Great. Uh, but if, if readers or your, if your listeners are interested, they can email us at uh, findingneighborsmovie at gmail.com. And we'll put them on the mailing list and let people know when the movie's going to be available. Okay. I'll also put that on my blog because I, I posted this on getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Actually, I made a mistake. It's findingneighbors at gmail.com. Findingneighbors at gmail.com. Okay, so I'll post that on here as well. That'd be great. Any uh, last-minute bit of info you want to share with us? I mean, what it was like making this film or, you know, any insights for people? I just think, you know, we've been working on this movie for three years, me and Judy and Jennifer, and um, it's so gratifying when you finally get the movie in front of an audience because you sit for so long you know, writing the script and right. shoot the movie. We shot the movie in 21 days, but then we were editing for a couple of years and the animation took a long time. In the middle of that, you you go or I go. It's like, well, does anyone really want to see the movie? Right. And it's so <laughs> gratifying to finally have it respond so well to these festival audiences that it, you just go, yeah, you know, it's like, wow, yes. it's totally worth it. So yes. I just want to tell all those aspiring filmmakers out there, don't give up. You know, believe in your vision, believe in what you have to say, mm-hmm. and there is an audience for your film, and just uh, make your movie. And, Ron, let me ask you this, uh, because I, I was just having this conversation with my husband yesterday, how I've written things, I haven't finished them, and then you start doubting yourself. Did you have a team of people helping you with getting this uh, script finalized, or did you pretty much write this whole thing yourself? I wrote the script myself, but mm-hmm. uh, I have friends who are writers, and we, we trade back and forth, you know, by great. critiquing and... You know, it's really important to find a network of people that you trust who have no vested interest in whether it succeeds or fails other than, you know, wanting to support you as a friend. Yes. And who will tell you the truth, you know. Right. Uh, If you have two or three of those, that's gold. Yes. And the other thing we did with the script is that we we had readings. We would, um, kind of like a focus group reading, but we'd bring actors in to read the the words to hear it because you know you for me I, I don't know what your process is but I you know I'll get a script to the point where I, I it reads really well and I I think it's all perfect but then to hear the word you know oh, the dialogue no. spoken yeah. is a different experience and right. we did that a couple of times and made a lot of changes in the script based on how the word sounded 
uh, as dialogue as opposed to just reading the script. Yes. I think it's a very valuable tool. I agree. I was part of the UCI screenwriting program here, and we used to bring in, you know, 10 pages, 20 pages, and we would just share, and you'd hear stuff, and you go, no, I don't think that my character would say that. Exactly. You know, and you have to make it realistic, and I think that really helps. Well, and a lot of the work is to, I think, uh, the written word is often overwritten, and when we actually speak, we don't speak in complete sentences, and, you know, we, we speak in fragments and we phrases sure do. a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely me. <laughs> well, Ron, it was a pleasure chatting with you. Ron Judkins, good luck on your film. It sounds great. And if you want to find out more about the film, findingneighborsmovie.com. Is that the website? That's, that's correct. Fantastic. All right, it was great chatting with you. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks, Janine. It was really a pleasure. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you missed any part of this interview with Ron Judkins, it'll be up on my blog uh, probably within an hour after the show. Up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. If you want to find out about being a guest on today's show, uh, not today's show, but any show in the future, uh, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E at KUCI.org. Have a great Monday, everybody.